Welcome back to The Mountains and the Sea, where we cover the highs and lows of each and every Prince album, and then some every other week. I'm Josh. And I'm Christy. And today, today, we're so glad that you're with us for selections from True Confessions by T.C. Ellis. A trip into the confessional. That's right. So we're only talking about a few, actually two, two, well... Too well. <laughs> Too well. <laughs> Two tracks from the album, though there's a third track from the album that we're also going to talk about, but it also appears on the maxi single from his thing. So <laughs> I thought you said the maxi single from his thing. <laughs> from Miss Thing. He seems like yeah. a very nice man. I have no interest in his thing. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, his so, thing. So if you're interested in tracking it down, there is an entire album of Mr. T.C. Ellis's That's work right. called True Confessions that came out on Paisley Park Records. Uh-huh. We, in May of 1991. Yes. So this, we're, we're lumping it into Graffiti Bridge yes. era stuff, which it certainly falls into. Well, yes. This is his one and only record that he has made. Which, considering who he is and what he has done, based on what Graffiti Bridge was, I give right. him even more credit. Right. Uh, all very well deserved. Right. Yeah. So we're not talking about Bambi, which is on this album, because it is a straight cover of Prince's 1979 Shocker. But since Prince had nothing to do with the music or anything other than he originally recorded the song and gave TC permission to record a version of it. Correct. That's as much involvement as Prince. So we're not going to talk about it. It is omitted. It is scratched off the list. That's right. So the title track, True Confession, contains the rap portion from New Power Generation Part 2, but we've already talked about that. We have. At length. At length, and because, again, Prince had no input in that track, we're also not going to talk about it beyond what we're saying right now. Yeah, it was primarily... T.C. Ellis and Levi Caesar Jr., right, that, that were on the album itself. Yes. I also found it interesting. The album is True Confessions, plural. Uh-huh. The title track is singular, uh-huh. True Confession. Right. So and each track, you could think of it as an individual confession, perhaps. That's right. Sure. And I wonder if that's where the T.C. came from. If that was maybe his like true confession was his moniker because it's TC, TC Ellis. TC is not his given name. It is not. Um, certainly TC, and they play with it on the cover of the album right. with the initials T dot C dot and true confessions. Mm-hmm. I also thought it had to do with Twin Cities. Oh, okay. Could also be a fun just coincidence. Right. It happened to all align, but yeah, he was um, you know, from Minneapolis also. Right, and I couldn't find anywhere why he went by TC. I kind of looked for that and didn't find it. It was important enough for them to embroider it on his clothes. That's right. We are going to talk about Miss Thang. Uh, it was a single from this album. It preceded it. In release, March of 1991, it came before the album was released. Correct. Um, However, Prince Vault, if you're listening on the song page, it says after the album, although it has the date correct as being March, but the description says after, which had me confused and concerned, but I got myself together and I'm I'm pushing on. That's right. Yeah. It didn't 
chart. It didn't sell well. It received no certifications of any kind. Right. Uh, Uncertified. The, that's right. Uh, that could have been a second album. Right. Uncertified. Right. And then we're also going to talk about Girl of My Dreams. Right. Yeah. So before we get to all of that, let's talk about who T.C. Ellis is. All let's right. Let's talk about what he's done because it's it's impressive for a fairly unimpressive album. What he has done is no doubt. I was, I had no idea and you did the majority of the research. So I'm going to literally turn my microphone around <laughs> oh, please and don't. let you speak. It'll make it more difficult okay, for my fine. editing. I'm so going to do mimic that. doing it. Okay, great. Thank you. So his, first of all, his name is David. He seems to go by David Ellis mostly. Now It's a fine name. Right, exactly. In 1996, he founded a studio, Studio 4 Enterprises Incorporated in St. Paul, Minnesota. And he wanted to be a recording studio. This is what he had anticipated and desired for this particular space. It was located on the Skyway level, which is a pedestrian area integrated into the downtown transportation system in St. Paul. So there's like places for cars and buses and things like that to be. And then there's a pedestrian area that's on a higher level okay. so that people can also walk around and visit businesses and things like that. Um, and this level, the Skyway level, is where kids who ditched school hung out. Right. And so these kids eventually persuaded TC to let them come in and play around and record some right. stuff while they were ditching school. And he found that these were largely talented and intelligent kids who were utterly bored by school. And they had an opinion that school didn't apply to them and their goals and interests. It wasn't teaching them the things they needed to know to be able to do the kinds of jobs they wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So, First, he started an educational program that was part of the St. Paul Family Learning Center. And that program for music production was so popular and so intense that they weren't able to fill the needs of all the kids who wanted to participate. So they formed a charter school, mm -hmm. the High School for Recording Arts also known as Hip Hop High. Yeah. <laughs> Great name. Yep. And it's the only Minneapolis charter school that specifically serves graduation incentive eligible students. So that's mm -hmm. students at risk of dropping out of yeah. a traditional high school. And David calls this his life's work, mm -hmm. this, this school. He's extremely proud of it. It has done that tremendous amount of good in the community and um it's really i can't i can't think of the like fame and fortune or nice and all but he's made a difference in so many people's lives it's incredible i've got to say i mean i did a little bit of reading on this on the surface and i was like this should be something that the prince estate is partnering with and helping to further and maybe they are who knows um what that relationship is like maybe behind closed doors and I also thought this makes me appreciate his work a little bit more too, mm -hmm. because I've never been a big fan of this album. Got to right. say that up front, and nothing personal whatsoever. Mm -mm. 
but um, I don't think I'm alone as far as Prince fans go and obviously the world because the album did not do much mm-hmm. as far as um, you know being a commercial success. Right. But got him the experience and more of a connection with one of the biggest names in music. And if that's the best thing that came out of Graffiti Bridge, that's a pretty darn big success. It's pretty awesome. Um, So it makes me even look at the movie and the whole project in a new way, even though I did admire it from Prince. It's Prince building his own Motown, you know, in the form of Uptown. And he's got mentors of his in Mavis Staples and George Clinton and then up and coming artists and unknowns that he brought in to, to work on this. And mm-hmm. here's this living, breathing, successful entity. Right. Thanks to TC Ellis that came out of it. That is literally changing people's lives to this day. Yeah. And that's really incredible. It's fantastic. So speaking of graffiti bridge, we all know that TC was in graffiti bridge but he, a little, a know? little, but he was, has total of three credits on IMDb. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not only Graffiti Bridge in 1990, mm-hmm. but he was a character called Earl Saunders in a 1973 film called Sweet Jesus Preacher Man. Oh, I where, guess he was a younger yeah. Kid? Yeah. But that movie was uh, a hitman poses as a Baptist preacher in this terrible film. That's it the was, description? It was bad. Oh. That's the that's the description that I wrote after oh. I was oh, like, oh, okay. read some about it. I was like, that's pretty snarky for IMDb, but okay. <laughs> no, it's, it was not well received and apparently okay. not very good. All right. But he was in something that was much better. He was a character named Derek in a TV miniseries called Laurel Avenue from 1993 that aired on HBO. And the New York Times really liked this glimpse into the life of a black working class family. Interesting. I wonder mm-hmm. if it's on HBO Max. I looked. Did it's you? not. Not there. Mm-mm. All right. So, wow. Yeah, and I'll have uh, more complete biography and lots of information about Mr. Ellis, David, TC, whatever you're calling him, right? Uh, on our social media, which you can find us on Facebook, The Mountains and the Sea of Prince Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at TMATS, T-M-A-T-S Podcast. Or you can send us an email, podcast at gmail.com, and I can shoot you a link to whatever you're looking for. So I had turned over some of the, Christy is the researcher. She's the research staff for the podcast (laughs) uh, and had told me uh, that she had done a lot of reading about TC. And I was like, okay, then I'm going to let you handle that. But I was up early this morning. So I mm-hmm. thought, you know, I could do something. <laughs> Maybe I could make some effort as part of the podcast that I co-host with you. <laughs> I found an interview that Mr. Ellis did from 2019. He was interviewed by Darren Story, D-A-R-R-O-N. Uh, he's a Kansas City uh, radio personality, and he's got a show called Story Behind the Music, a play on his last name. Uh, TC came on the show along with Maylene Stonepool, who was revealed a few years ago to have been the inspiration for Prince writing Little Red Corvette. And they both were on the show, and he talks about his history with Prince and knew him from a young age, which I didn't realize that they had a like boyhood 
history together, I had always just had it in my ignorant head that, you know, it was just a hip hop artist from yeah. the, from the area that crossed paths with Prince and he mm-hmm. brought him in. And of course, Prince had a hip hop experimental phase in the early nineties. And so I will share that link with you so you can share. It's a two part it's on YouTube, but broken into two parts, um, okay. and it's it's not a video. It's like audio of the interview, okay. uh, but also really great, and TC talks a little bit about some fun stories about growing up with Prince and how Miko Weaver convinced him or persuade him, persuaded him to you know, go after Prince to yeah. um, you know, bring hip-hop into the scene for uh-huh. Prince. And some of the, I mean, what seems to probably not be very surprising, taunting back and forth that uh-huh. they had with one another. And then even more of a tangent with Mailing Stonepool knew T.C. Ellis and Prince growing up. Oh, they okay. ran in the same circles. And while I had read about, you know, the claim that she was the inspiration for Little Red Corvette, I have no reason to doubt it. Uh, but T.C. basically confirms it in the oh, cool. interview. Good. And then I saw, I'm like, well, let me go back and listen to Little Red Corvette again. So I haven't heard that 10 million times. Uh-huh. But then it struck me that in the extended version or the dance mix of Little Red Corvette, Prince calls out, Mayday! 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 And it's a call out to Mei Ling. Huh, so cool. So all of this TCLA stuff kind of brought me... All the way back around to that realization, which I thought was really, really cool. So I'm glad that we front loaded this episode with a character reference for T.C. Ellis, David, (laughs) because there is no doubt this guy is a treasure for the community and is to be revered and and thanked for that. I also wanted to give out the web address for the school. Okay. It's hsra.org, high school for the... for recording arts, hsra.org. Um, and at the time when he did this interview in 2019, they were opening another one in Los Angeles. Um, I cannot find reference to it on this website. So the pandemic may have Squashed derailed that. that. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not quite sure. Super cool. So shall we talk about the packaging real quick? Oh yeah. Cause we have a CD for true confessions. We do. I don't even know. Where I found this, I mean... Or how you found it. How I found it, how I even knew that it was coming out as a (laughs) junior in high school in 1991, Uh got me. It's in perfect condition, which probably tells you a thing or two about how often (laughs) it was listened to, but I still have it. That's right. It's got a couple pictures of TC. Mm -hmm. Yeah, wearing sunglasses in both. Big rings, very stereotypical sort of hip-hop. Stuff. Yeah, stuff. But I think that they took some interesting chances on the inside. There's all the lyrics inside. It's not just straight columns. They've kind of done some cool text wrap stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, it's fine. They've got picture inside from the video, which we'll talk about a little later. Yeah. Um, He's got some nice thanks and credits for everything. And it's fine. Yeah. And I'm, the CD, man, they finally got smart with the CDs by 1991. Oh, as far this as screen printing yeah, on them? Like, yeah, oh, like, oh, we have two colors. Yeah. It's red and white, and we're going to leave some open to the CD behind it and, you know, track listing on the CD because that's real helpful. But It's on yeah. the back of the But it's also jewel case inside really. and on the back of the jewel case. And, you know, yep. another picture of him and friends. I, it looks like the production crew from the video, maybe. But anyway, 
it's perfectly acceptable. Oh, yes. We've seen way worse yeah. on this podcast. <laughs> and then... The single. You found the record for the specially priced maxi single of Miss Thang. That's right. To my knowledge, it was was it even released on CD? I have I'm no not idea. sure. I don't know, but I had the I still have the 12 inch vinyl. That's right. Also in near perfect condition. Not bad for not. being uh, shoved in a box and mm-hmm. traveled all over north and south of the country. That's right. It's got a. His name and the title of the song on a still from the video. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely a video still, and yep. you can kind of tell by looking at it because it's kind of noisy and out of focus. But the it works. They spent some money. That's I mean, right. They made the big TC for him, and uh, mm-hmm. there's another screenshot or screen grab, I guess, from the video on the back uh-huh. of the woman walking in her uh, Miss Thing. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's nice, fine. There was good. a good amount of effort they put did. into it. Sure. Yeah. They didn't mail it in. No, they did not. No. Not on the artwork. No. <laughs> I don't think they mailed it in on the songs. They just uh, might not be anything that I'm super excited about. So yeah. yeah. anyway, so shall we talk about the songs that we're going to talk about? Let's talk about them. All right. Miss so, Thing album yeah, version. That's right. Prince on all instruments. Yeah. Um, it was considered for corporate worlds by the time, mm-hmm. but there is no known recording with Morris Day vocals. Or Prince but, vocals, as far as I know. Right. Which is interesting. Mm-hmm. It starts off with some very fun guitars that are all over this. Yeah. Very enjoyable. And it starts with a chorus. It does start with a chorus. Um, Yeah, and I've got to say just about the guitar lick, the first one second of this song was like, it was enough for me to be happy that I spent $14.99 uh-huh. on the album because, I mean, it, it defines Prince's involvement right on the entire record. Right. Which I love this little guitar riff enough that I felt compelled to dedicate this entire podcast to it with you, love. Oh, Isn't that nice? Yeah. I also thought it was a little bit of a Thieves in the Temple-ish keyboard under the guitar sure. lick, too. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about that background chorus and who's guest vocaling, mm-hmm. vocaling, sure. voc- vocaling, vo- vo- vocalizing. vocalizing. <laughs> Vocal- <laughs> I like vocaling. <laughs> I like that a lot. That's that company that makes the Beetle that you can drive around. The vocaling wagon. <laughs> guest vocalizing on the track and singing the chorus essentially is Jana Anderson, mm-hmm. who... I did not realize we covered uh, 1-800-NEW-FUNK back many, 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 many episodes ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was the lead vocalist on MPLS. That's right. Also did not realize that she's a white blonde woman. Oh, yes, she is uh, and has worked with many, many people oh, yeah. and has been touring with Stevie Nicks for right. the past several years. Isn't that cool? It's really cool. Yeah, there's a story. I mean, just look her up. And you'll find it. But yeah, a lot of her work for Prince is uncredited or little known. You can Mm -hmm. hear her saying Party Man at the beginning of the video for Party Mm -hmm. Man. Party Man. Obviously, she sings back up on Miss Thing. And she sang back up on Shake and Miss Summertime Thing by Mm -hmm. the time. Yep. There's a little interview 
with her that I will share from the website A Purple Day in December from 2020, where she was recounting her time with Prince, and she said, I was like the mystery girl. Hmm. And she was the one who was sometimes referred to as Blondie on the time records. She said, I had no expectations for everything he, meaning Prince, kept handing to me. One thing after another, it was gratitude, like, I can't believe I'm doing this, and I wouldn't have dreamed this. So kind of a neat story about her involvement with with Prince in the early 90s. Very fun. Did you find that TC, you probably knew this already from the little touch and go we've done on him as part of Graffiti Bridge, the movie and the soundtrack, but he kind of has a a tone loke, Dougie, fresh quality to his speaking rap voice. Do not be fooled into thinking there's any singing here done by him because that is not his style at all. Right. It is. Yeah, I thought he sounded a lot like Tone Loke. Uh Uh-huh. Maybe slightly less nasally than Tone Loke in Wild Thing, but Mm -hmm. very reminiscent. Yeah, very recognizable, raspy kind of Similar sorts of style. Correct. Totally agree. As far as the song goes, I think it is, it's a very superficial song. There's yeah. not there's not a lot here to do, <laughs> delve into as far as deeper meaning. No, right? but I had some things I laughed at a little bit. Okay. So, uh, Miss Thing came out of the shower wearing pretty lace underwear. Miss Thing came out of the shower wearing pretty lace underwear. And I'm like, I really hope when he says she came out of the shower, he means came out of the bathroom. bathroom. Yeah. Because please don't wear lacy underwear in the shower. It's you'll not. ruin it, right? I mean, you'll ruin it or it'll be uncomfortable. It'll be all wet and stick to you. And that's not sexy. Yeah. Agree. Yes. Yeah. I think that's what the, <laughs> that's the intention what <laughs> was. Like she came out of the shower. Yeah. She came out. She took a shower it, and then exited the bathroom. Wearing and the fancy flaunted underwear. Flaunted herself by him. Yes, wearing yes. underwear. I also thought there was there was some fun delivery at um, like a minute and 12 seconds of all her life. She lived to destroy men who want her. And Jana Anderson's singing behind it uh-huh. is really well done. Jana Anderson can sing. Yeah, for sure. Every yeah. time. Her life she lived to destroy guys love above her. Yeah, I like the way he talked about how her perfume was strong but pleasant. Her cologne will slap you and you'll dig it every time. Her cologne will slap you. You'll dig it every time. I thought that was a lot of, uh, like I've never heard anyone outside of Prince and Prince's camp refer to, like mix the terms cologne and perfume. Uh Uh-huh. For right. men and women, right? Like freely, and it wasn't mm-hmm. even even here because it rhymes. It was just done, right? Okay, yeah. Did you hear a little sample in the song of another Prince song, which is very interesting? It's at a minute and forty seconds. There is a sample of "Sign of the Times." Okay, very clear right. sample of the song. And in that interview I talked about earlier with Darren's story, TC tells a very funny story of being at a live show and they were trying to remember what the show was and it had to have been either a rehearsal show or something around the Sign of the Times era because he said he remembered Sheila E. and all the members of the band walking in with drums like they do in the Sign of the Times 
mm-hmm. show and a little interaction between him and Prince that happened there. Um, so I think my, I don't know, just following the TC Ellis breadcrumbs is that the sample is here because of that, because of Aww. their little exchange of hand gestures oh, at this particular show. <laughs> <laughs> Very fun. And right after that sign of the time sample, you get this break where TC says, Miss Thang, ho. Miss Thang. Ho. I'm like, that age is kind of poorly, but I have to remind myself that everybody, that was a common term. Yeah, I even, I didn't even take it as him calling her a whore. It was a like, ho. You know, like a like a oh, like a like vocal excellent. thing, oh, and a, okay. like yeah, because there uh, there's a Prince guitar solo there that I'd sort of forgotten about too. In a minute mm-hmm. and forty eight seconds, that's a very quintessential Prince. So if you're looking for you know the gateway drug to True Confessions as an album. Uh-huh. Definitely the song is a good place to start. Yeah. And references to a album title that Prince was probably already toying around with, with lyrics after that guitar solo, Give Me Gold, Give Me Diamonds, mm-hmm. Clothes, Ivory Pearls. Give me gold, give me diamonds, clothes, ivory pearls, but nothing on And of course his next album in the fall of 1991 would be Diamonds and Pearls. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things here that kind of add up, and it's really strange how Sign of the Times and Graffiti Bridge and Diamonds and Pearls all intersect in this weird way because they seem so disconnected to me in my head. But then you look back and see when most of the material was written and when the concept was started, and they definitely are all tied together. For sure, for sure. And we get more great guitars at the end. Yeah, and even some great background vocals by Jana Anderson at 2 minutes and 50 seconds when she's singing, or when TC says, I'm pray that I'm forgiven for all that I've done wrong, and Mm -hmm. she sings behind him. Um, It's done, you know, really well. Yeah. So I thought, you know, it's a fun enough song. It's fairly harmless. There's a few things don't age well, the whole bit, and then there's this, uh, when the word is love, Miss Thing, she gets so strong. But I gotta deal with her. When the world is love, mistake, she gets so strong. But I got to deal with her. Yeah. That okay. doesn't end. Yeah. That doesn't age very well. Unlike here she is, a woman who knows what she wants and you yeah. know, isn't afraid of having casual sure. relationships and or revenge sex, which kind of seems like maybe the little bit what's going on, but yeah. she has to be dealt with. Eh. Yeah, but that's true, know, but it's, it's not out of, uh, this is not like, you know, the sole example from 1991 no, of, a, of a man and no. probably the least offensive on a hip hop album for sure that you could find during that time. So <laughs> for sure, I almost, I see what you're saying, yeah. but it's, it's, it's an easy enough thing for me to look past as, you know, uh, it is, it was cool to do and everyone accepted it. Right. It doesn't make it right. Yeah. In hindsight, but it was normal for the time. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, Disney has done worse. (laughs) So we'll give Prince and TC a break. All right, 
All right, then the other album track that we're going to talk about. Uh huh. Girl of My Dreams. Yeah, minute and 34 seconds. Yeah, relatively really short. Super was short. Just, it almost takes you as long to say Girl of My Dreams as it does to just listen to the song. <laughs> yeah, it was composed by Prince, but all instruments in this version are by Levi Caesar Jr. Yeah. The first recording by Prince was done in 1982 at the Kiowa Trail. He re recorded it in 1986. Probably for Dream Factory. Yeah. The Paisley Underground Band, The Three O'Clock, passed on this track, and TC and Levi inherited it, but Prince wasn't a part of the recording. Yeah, not this right. one. Right. Um, which I think is evident listening to it. Um, right, but this is the only released version correct. of this song, so that's why we're going to go ahead and talk about it. Yeah. It is a goo- It's goofy instrumentally. Uh-huh. Very... Uh, Funkabilly, rockabilly, yeah, heavy piano, bass, and drums. Uh-huh. And it TCs. sounds like 1982, like a lot of the uh, funkabilly, rockabilly stuff that he was doing around the 1999 period. Okay. It's got a lot of that flavor to me. Yeah. So that makes a lot of sense that that's where the song originated. Sure. So it is, we'll just say that it's coming from the voice of TC, but is a proclamation of the type of female friend uh-huh. that he would like to have That's one right. like Marilyn Monroe uh-huh beautiful Someone. and morally flexible yes I want a woman like Marilyn Monroe the kind of woman that will never say no the kind of woman that'll make you scream That's the girl of my dream morally probably physically mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> he does uh, mention love machine yep which he got to think is a Reference to the Graffiti Bridge song. It's not unintentional. Take her on a date. She's a love machine. That's the girl of my dream. Um, or vice versa, because right. this preceded that true. by quite a bit. But yes, right. certainly. Again, there's that connection there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. During the chorus in the right channel, there's this steampunk, just very. Yeah. Mechanical kind of sounds abound there as the chorus is just, you know, essentially girl of my dreams. Dig it. That's the girl of my dreams. Or as TC often says also, that's the girl of my dream. There's no S Uh in it either. Right. Yeah. Girl of my dreams. dreams. He mentions Lauren Bacall. Yeah. Experienced. I want a woman like Lauren Bacall Old and wrinkled when she knows it all The kind of chick that turns butter to cream That's the girl of my dreams I thought it was interesting Turns butter to cream Yeah This is going backwards Normally you think about turning cream into butter Yeah Instead of turning butter into That's cream, right. it's like he wants somebody to soften a hard edge That's right It's almost like something... Lauren Bacall can put the toothpaste back in the tube there you there you go (laughs) wouldn't mind a female friend who would you know take care of his cleanliness also (laughs) wash his hair uh wash his underwear Uh uh-huh and is always smiling never mean i want a woman who'll wash my hair even wash my underwear always smiling never mean Girl of my dream. You know, I'm just oh glad God. that Prince and even TC are wearing underwear. I mean, I've <laughs> got to give them some credit here. Um, he claims not to be a chauvinist, yeah. just picky. Yeah. And, 
you know what? Other than the washing his underwear bit, I can I can kind of believe it. Okay. Like he's just he's he wants a strong woman. All of these women are strong women. Yep. He just, he doesn't he's not belittling them. He's not saying Correct. he's better than them. That's true. He's just picky about the kind of person he would like to have in his life. Yeah. The ending. Oh, Lena Horn. Uh, yes. A woman who knows what she wants and will take charge. From the beginning. That's right. Even as a little baby, a wee that's baby, right. before gonna, the cord is cut. That's right. She's going to slap the doctor. That's right. Yes, Lord and how it's a girl. And <laughs> Lena slaps the doctor and says, suck, I'm running things now. <laughs> or now. <laughs> Which kind of has a little bit of a pussy control vibe to me, too. Oh, okay. Yeah. I need a woman like Lena. She knows she was bad since the day she was born. Lena's mama said, Doc, is it a girl? Doctor said, yes, Lord, and how? Baby Lena smiled, slapped the doctor, said, sucker, I'm running things now. Oh. Just yeah. like, uh, like, I know what I want, take charge kind of yes. woman. Yes. Yeah. I agree. I'm not sure if you've ever heard Prince's version of this. I have not. So... I will say that it's unfair to compare T.C. Ellis and Levi Caesar Jr. to Prince, <laughs> but I also think you know they're the ones that dug this hole. So I'll say this. <laughs> the reason the song works for Prince is all about his delivery. It's like this cocky, shy, silly, demurred. It's, it's cute uh-huh. when Prince does it. Um, and you believe him when he says, don't get me wrong, I ain't a chauvinist. When Prince does it, the intonation is very, very different than TC, which is mainly, it's almost very straight. Okay. And obviously spoken where Prince is singing and I mean, he's almost, he's almost like jumping off the walls in his <laughs> version of the song, which makes it even more Prince-like. And he's this little... I don't know this little fairy that not not I'm not saying that in a in a queer homosexual way I'm saying he's like yeah like a, a, little, a spirit. little fictional being yes yeah um, and there's this adorability to it and an honesty to his braggadocious claims here and I think with TC all of that the fun is missing and it comes off oh. as just kind of a a joke. You know, it's it's joking, like there's tongue-in-cheek humor here, but it's uh-huh. delivered without the kind of humor that made Prince's version so great. And part of that is Prince's, as I believe Rolling Stone called, one of Pop's greatest actors. Mm-hmm. And this is an excellent example of that in his cool. version. And to have heard that for so long and then to hear basically a cover of it uh-huh. that kind of wipes that part of it off huh. is... Uh, it's hard to, I don't know, get into it. Okay. Trying to be fair. Okay. But I can't unhear what I've heard. Sorry. <laughs> That's fine. And then for whatever reason, yeah. they throw a remix of Miss Thing on the CD. That's right. The Vasquez Ice Mix. And who might have done that remix oh, in the l- like early it 90s? It couldn't possibly be Junior Vasquez, except it is. It is. Yeah. I mean, who would have guessed that a 1990-era Prince remix <laughs> would be done by Junior Vasquez? <laughs> I mean, and it's such a staple that this remix made the CD version of the album, too. Right. I think this is a deeper, a deeper, bassier kind of mix, but it still has those round and round elements that make it very quickly identifiable as mm-hmm. Mr. Vasquez has had his hands on this. Mm-hmm. I did like how he 
took TC's Miss Thing samples and his agreement noises, uh-huh, but they uh-huh. kind of pulled out the <laughs> Jana's yeah. vocals. Yes. It doesn't start off with the chorus. It starts off with TC's talking over the chorus, but the chorus is not there. I thought it was a nice there are like way little to change slivers it. Slivers of the chorus, like if the if you right. put the chorus in your chopper and then took about one tenth of the chopped pieces and sprinkled it in, that's what you end up with right. here. But you don't get the full mm-hmm. chorus with Janice singing, and yeah. it's. I thought it was just an interesting way to remix it a little. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a problem with the remix. Well, yeah, the the chopped bits they took vocals that said get control uh-huh yes and they but nowhere in the song are her vocals get control yeah ever right next to one another right they almost and like rearrange things yeah to to, to, mm-hmm. to get i thought that was clever and fun yeah. and really enjoyable right adding like i mean not that the song is deep in meaning or anything but no. by like taking rearranging the words uh-huh. So that they still work, I think. Yeah, it is clever. Right. And then we get we do get Jana's chorus yep. without TC's talking right. over it, yes. which is nice Full. too. It is. I thought that was it was such a nice, interesting way to mix the stuff up. Yeah, I always found it like, what was it that that attracted Prince to a voice like Jana Anderson, but then at the same time, Elisa uh-huh. Fiorillo? And I mean, they sound somewhat similar. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, maybe that's what you know. He had a t- he had a he had a type as far as girlfriends go, and he definitely seemed to have a type during this period as far as female vocalists. Also, agreed. Um, the sign of the time sample is removed completely from mm-hmm. this remix here, but at two minutes and 30 seconds, we do have Prince's guitar solo there, which is yes. still great. Did you hear that they call her Stella? There's this little spot where he oh. says, go Stella. <laughs> well, there which you go. I'm Maybe like... a little leftover from the time. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was really fun. Mm-hmm. And before that, there <laughs> he says, talking about slapping, slapping somebody. Okay. And they have this little weird sound effect that is reminiscent I can, I of a slap, it. but it's <laughs> yeah. not an actual slap. Right. Which I appreciated that they didn't use an actual slap sound. But Thanks. something that approximated it. So it was kind of that little Prince nod to we're going to use the sound effect, but we're not going to go as he would probably have used the an actual slapping sound mm-hmm. or something that sounded like an actual slapping sound. And here it's just like akin to it. Okay. But we're going to give him the nod because that's probably what he would do. <laughs> okay. This is very literal. With very his, literal. Yeah. Yes. A lot. I mean, yeah. Yes. Where is the woman with the raspberry beret on her head? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's kind of signature, what I call signature Junior Vasquez percussion mm-hmm. at two minutes and 48 seconds right after Prince's guitar solo when TC says, give me gold, give me diamonds. Give me gold, give me diamonds. Clothes, ivory pearls, but nothing on 
very round and round S. Mm -hmm. You know, I keep coming back to that because that's his probably pinnacle of work with Prince. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yep. And then after four minutes, it gets into real club sound for a while. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Four minutes and 21 seconds. There's what I've got in my notes as a big Vasquez-ish breakdown, keyboard Uh and percussion. Uh, and then there are other clips of Prince's guitar solo used to right. kind of round out. Yeah. Round and round out the Miss Thing remix. Yep. I thought it was very Vasquez identifiable mm-hmm. without being too Vasquezian. Yes. Because it was still really identifiable as Miss Thing. And sometimes when it's Junior true. Vasquez gets his hands on something, he pulls out little bits of it yeah. and calls it a remix. And it's really like his own song that sampled that song. Right. And but yes, this remains right. identifiable as Miss Thing with a Junior Vasquez twist yep. rather than being a Junior Vasquez song where he samples Miss Thing. Okay. I think that's very fair. Yeah. Yeah. I did not dislike it. No, me either. I don't I mean is that a compliment? That seems like a really half hearted compliment. <laughs> um yeah. I think there are better mixes though. So with that, we can turn to the full maxi single mm-hmm. or the specially priced 12-inch single, however it's labeled. Specially priced maxi single and unfortunately difficult script yeah. to read. Well, it is the same script, I believe, from Love Sexy also, which we have seen used before. But yeah, it is a little tough to read. So we start off with the Big Thang mix. Yes. Five minutes and 33 seconds. Mm-hmm. Remix by Larry Robinson. Um, he was very involved in the New Jack Swing scene. Mm-hmm. Um, he's currently the president of Avatar Entertainment, which is uh, talent management, production, and recording. All right. So he's had quite a career of a lot of varied things that he's done. Okay. Yeah. Way to go, man. Yeah. We get a, this thing starts off with TC and he's drinking and snacking. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you must have loved that. I didn't mm. think about that. The uh, close-up sound of someone sipping a drink and chewing a potato chip. Yeah, I didn't love it. Yeah, but there's a bass line and that rhythm guitar lick outside of uh, you know his little uh, his little snack there. I think it's kind of a nice start up until 16 seconds when the main beat kicks in mm-hmm. and it's more subdued than you might expect. Mm-hmm. But it has a very late 80s, early 90s hip hop beat feel. Oh, yeah. I spent so long trying to figure out what the sample is at 25 seconds. The, what can I do? What can I do with a punk like you? I don't know what that's from, but I have heard it before. I looked all over the place. I'm guessing you didn't no. find anything. No. Um, at least there, I'm like, this is at least fun to start off with. Yeah. With other, it's hip hop sampling hip hop. Yeah. Which there, you know, wasn't an awful lot of hip hop to go sampling in this time period. But yeah, I think it's a cleaner, less cluttered remix sure. than Junior Vasquez's mix. Sure. There's a yeah that I've heard before in Prince remixes. 
that samples and repeats throughout the song. You can hear it in a minute and 56 seconds. And that sample of the Sign of the Times percussion is very isolated and easier to pick out at 2 minutes and 29 seconds. How? So here is my deep cut of the whole episode. Oh, okay. I'm just going to go ahead and reveal it right now. Okay. From three minutes and 15 seconds to four minutes, there's a UFO sound effect. Yeah, kind of an alarm uh-huh. sound. Blue yes. Blip, blue blip, uh-huh. blue blip. This struck a nerve with me mentally, like okay. in a good way. So I used that very same sound effect with my dad <gasps> as a hillbilly kid from Georgia oh. on a school project for Halloween that I had on cassette Aww. that many, many years ago I got off the cassette and converted it to digital format. So my dad helped me record it. I still have it. And I'll share it with you here oh. with the poem on Halloween by little baby Josh Norman. On Halloween, on Halloween, I'll go to town and wear my trousers upside down and wear my shoes turned inside out and wear a wig of sauerkraut. But after I listened to this little sound effect and I remembered it so vividly from recording that with my dad, I was like, I know that my dad had this old Disney record that had like a whole bunch of sound effects on it that we used for this Halloween cassette tape that I did for a school project. So I went looking for it and this was, we recorded it in like 1982. I was in second grade, but I found it today from a 1964 Disney album, chilling, thrilling sounds of the haunted house. It's at 13 minutes and 49 seconds in a YouTube link that I'll share with you. And also used on little Josh Norman's on Halloween. Oh, when your ship lands on the surface of Mars, you are greeted by a adorable. Yeah, boy. I mean, I've that, heard that many times. I can hear it in my little brain right now. How like quickly that all, as soon as I heard it and I'm like, I can't believe I didn't, I guess I just hadn't like re-listened to that cassette because uh-huh. this song came out only like nine years after I made that. And it was in a, drawer somewhere Mm -hmm. and my dad was still alive but now hearing it it's amazing how like immediately that sound I knew exactly what it was I remember staring at a stereo and the little analog needles going as I did my little hillbilly voice and on Halloween I'll go to town and wear my trousers upside down yeah yeah, definitely brought back memories so it has nothing to do with the remix itself which I think is just fine but now it's got a special place in my heart Aww. all because of 1964 Disney album. Very cool. So it's got to be the same sound effect because it is identical. Yeah. Super, super fun. How about some bonus beats? All right. Well, yeah. Then there's next on the album is the Vasquez Ice Mix. Oh, on the Max single. Yeah. yeah, on the Max yeah, yeah. single because we talked about that already because it was also on the album. And then it's on the Max single. Then we have the bonus beats. 
Thank you for getting that all straight. <laughs> Bonus beats, three minutes and 25 seconds. Another one by Larry Robinson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an instrumental mix. Yeah. Right? Um, it's a fine listen. It is a little repetitive from the start through sure. about 40 seconds into the song. Sure. But what I really liked about it is the strong emphasis on the sign of the time sampling and a minute and 40 seconds. And you even get the same sign of the times baseline at two minutes and 44 seconds. The boom, boom, boom. Uh, which might be in the original album version, but it's difficult to make out here. It's more isolated, and so it's it's kind of fun, especially if you go and listen to David T.C. Ellis recounting a live show encounter with Prince during the Sign of the Times era. Very fun. Very, very fun. I mean, it fades out slowly, starting at three minutes and seven seconds, and I mm-hmm. think a little bit like, okay, that was nice, but I'm not sure how much it has to do with Miss Thing. It's almost more related to Sign of the Times mm-hmm. than Miss Thing, but okay. Yeah. It's a specially priced maxi single. They didn't make the price special to give you what you want. <laughs> there are going to be surprises. Some left and right turns with Miss Thang. Yeah. I thought it was fine. Yeah, it was fine. Yeah. Sure. Then we have Miss Thang, the Swang Thang. Six minutes and ten seconds. Mm-hmm. Remixed by Levi Caesar Jr. and David Friedlander. Mm-hmm. Recording engineer for Prince from 1988 to 1995. Okay. Uh, the DJ known as Chronic Freeze. We've talked oh, about him before. I didn't know that. I even pulled out this vinyl record to, because it didn't really say on Prince Vault who the mixes were done by. And I didn't make that connection that it was the same guy that... Chronic Freeze, who we've talked about mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. Awesome. Eight seconds in, I'm already a fan because there is an awesome listen of Prince's rhythm guitar after some added horns and some sampled laughing. Uh-huh. And it's pretty fun. Yeah. Damn, baby. He says, damn, baby, this looks like a job for Jimmy. Damn, baby. Looks like a job for Jimmy. Did you notice that that follows a sample of Janet Jackson also? Oh, no, I didn't. At 14 seconds, you can hear her say, Minneapolis. This looks like a job. And it's from Escapade at three minutes and nine seconds. So that's why TC follows that. And so there's actually extra vocals in this mix by TC that aren't on the album version. Mm-hmm. Like you said, he says, this looks like a damn baby. Damn baby. Which also reminds me of one of the bat mixes, one of the bat dance remixes. Prince uh-huh. does the same kind of thing. Damn baby. Damn baby. TC has a line there, and he follows it with, this looks like a job for Jimmy, which I think can only mean a reference to Jimmy Jam's involvement with Mm -hmm. Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation, which is where Escapade is sampled from. Jimmy Jam being a former, current member of the time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was really cool. And TC Ellis was getting, he talks about this on the uh, radio show that I mentioned earlier, that... He was friends with Miko Weaver, and Miko was kind of telling him what was going on with Prince recording the Batman soundtrack. And TC released in 1989 a bat rap 
that apparently got Warner Brothers' attention and they were after him to like find out who he was and what he was up to. And um, I haven't looked for it to see if I could find it, but he kind of quotes it in the radio interview. So oh. the fact that his damn baby kind of remind me of a Bat Dance remix huh. even also kind of just weaves further this thread of TC into uh-huh. Prince's life. And I thought that was pretty interesting. That was very cool. Yeah, he follows that with, oh, you one of them 1990s women. <laughs> like Josh's okay. favorite. You one of them 1990s women. Just gonna take. Yeah, why don't we date ourselves here? That's, <laughs> that's cool. But okay. There's a fun guitar part and samples from 51 minutes to nope. a minute or 51 seconds. <laughs> it's not 51 minutes. This is not an Ingrid Chavez remix. Uh, 51 seconds to one minute and seven seconds. Uh, lots of fun guitars and samples and definitely has a, a new Jack swing kind of feel to it mm-hmm. and a more organic feel. It doesn't sound so programmed. Which I kind I really kind of like. It's interesting you say that because it doesn't sound so programmed, but they like threw the kitchen sink at this one. With, they did. As far as like samples go, there's shakers and horns and organs and synths and the drums. They threw it all at it, and you know those are all samples of stuff, but somehow it still feels really organic. It, it is. It's great. I mean, it's. I think it needs some serious credit and Prince remix history, mm-hmm. even though Prince wasn't involved with the remix itself. There's this fun instrumental that follows the chorus at a minute and 48 seconds. And there's some back masking in there too at a minute and 56 seconds. Okay. That's kind of cool. So what is it? Cause I tried running it backwards and I couldn't understand it any better. No, I don't know. Okay. I'm only saying there's back masking. I'm not trying to unmask the back masking. Yeah. Ran it backwards and it still couldn't it understand for you. it. didn't make any more sense. <laughs> I'll tell you what makes sense is Prince's guitar solo. Included <laughs> yes. at two minutes and 48 seconds. All I have is capital Y-E-S in my notes. Try another game. Ho. It's great. And another sample from Escapade at three minutes and 32 seconds when Janet screams out, Minneapolis. And maybe my favorite moment in this entire podcast session outside of the UFO Disney, Uh little Josh Norman memory. Did you hear the sample of the family in this song at three minutes and 58 seconds? You can hear, get off. It is a sample from Mutiny. Yeah. Yeah. And I had not, if I realize that, I'm here to admit that I have not listened to this much at all. Uh Uh-huh. But so I don't know that I even ever knew it until I started listening to it for this episode, but some really cool, great Prince-related, unexpected samples. What would make Levi Caesar Jr. go back to sample the family, a project he had nothing to do with? I don't know. I don't know. But I'm here for it. 
I also think that all super fun stuff from 5 minutes and 16 seconds to 5 minutes and 32 seconds with horns and guitars and laughter samples and a bass line... It's just kind of fun. It and is it's fun. almost like these are the same people who recorded Girl of My Dreams, which should be nothing but fun, and hear it all work so much better to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I've wondered <laughs> is TC the new host for The Price is Right? Because he yells, Come on down. No, I didn't hear at that. Like four minutes and 31 seconds. Okay. This well, is very fun. Go I was back like, and <laughs> just enjoyable. Come on. And the back maskings again at 4.40. And this is the one that I ran backwards, tried to understand it. Didn't make any more sense. And it's followed by, son, you know what I mean? Son, you know what I mean? That's what he says right after oh, the back mask part. Yeah. Son, you okay. know what I mean? And I'm like, I really, really don't. <laughs> <laughs> You're not his son. So it's not meant for you. Uh, I'd say congratulations on an ending also that's not mm-hmm. a fade out at six minutes yeah. and two seconds where they take Prince's rhythm guitar, sample it, slow it down, and just make it really kind of fun with an, oh, yeah, uh-huh. wherever that yeah, a little... came from, more samples of something from somewhere. I don't know. It was very fun. Yeah. <laughs> Last but not least. The, yeah, the instrumental mix. Yeah. Also by Junior Vasquez. Yeah, Um, which confused me a little bit because the bonus beat, we get a bonus beats and an instrumental mix, both of which are instrumental, Uh neither of which are just an instrumental version of the album track. Right. Um, There's In this one, there's a lot of additional samples that are used in many of these remixes that we just talked about, and Uh it's also 12 seconds longer than the album track. Yeah. Yeah, but there are some interesting little moments. Like at 28 seconds, there's a fun breakdown that's not part of the album version. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a full stop at a minute and 20 seconds. Yeah, which and I it, thought was a mistake. I was like, oh, is my like digital version of this? Did something, did it? you know a connection fall off or something yeah it no it's right there but it's it goes on just a beat longer than you think it yeah, should it does a good job and of making it a surprise yeah just it catches your attention pulls you back into it I mean, here we are talking about it. So, yeah. Yes, must have. There are the sign of the time samples at a minute and 41 seconds. Mm-hmm. And then at around two minutes, there's from like two minutes to two minutes and 17 seconds, there are samples from the sign of the times percussion and a new keyboard part on top uh-huh. that's really fun and nicely done yes. you could tell me that prince played that and i would 100 percent believe you yeah 
it was very fun. I liked how the chords were played in that. Mm-hmm. It was just really yep. enjoyable. For sure. And then we get a little identifier at the end, a little Miss Thing sample. Oh, yeah, yeah. It kind of identifies it if you didn't already recognize it. Yes. Yeah. Tagged. Yeah, exactly. There we go. There's also Miss Thing, the Big Thing remix edit, which is just an edit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that so, on the It's not. Vinyl? It's, it's not, not it on was our on, vinyl. Yeah, I think it was on another either cassette or something. CD. It was, let's see, available on LP, cassette, and compact disc. I remember now looking for the compact disc for this because I was like, oh, I want to find it. I could not find it. So uh, this is what I bought instead because all I could find was the vinyl. There you go. It was not a conscious choice. It was was the only choice for a young man nine years removed from using Disney Haunted Mansion sound effects Uh for a Halloween project for school (laughs) to just stick with the vinyl. And then there's the Miss Thang video. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. I did watch it. You okay. Might, I think you'd be proud of me. Oh, good. I watched it. Good. He's wearing the same outfit that he's wearing on the album cover, mm-hmm. a black shirt with a black suit and a clergy collar. Right. And the, the collar has TC and there's there's like kind of a white tie portion mm-hmm. that says Ellis on it. This is very like... Prince's wardrobe signature here is like if Junior Vasquez was running the wardrobe department, it's a signature thing here because even Prince had it, you know, and he had his own name on his clothes in the right. late 80s and into, yeah. into this. Yeah. Yeah. And then we get that loud drink and eating a chip. I was very surprised because that's not on the album version, right. but it starts off with the. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. Could you not? <laughs> but. I <laughs> could you not? <laughs> He's got dude dancers, and there. Then... I think that some of them are the Game Boys. It looks like um, uh, yeah. Kirk Johnson and Damon, and maybe Tony M. It was hard to tell, but it looks like the Game Boys. That's very fun. Those dudes, they were just like, whatever. We'll do you anything. You put us in front of a camera and let us dance. It'll yeah. be fun. Yeah, we'll have a I good mean, time. they got their time in the spotlight, and uh-huh. uh, for Diamonds and Pearls, and obviously Tony M. Moving forward, and Kirk Johnson became. Kind of Prince's most trusted, you know, associate. Mm-hmm. Yep, and we get some pretty women fake playing instruments. Oh, violins uh-huh. and whatnot and with their guitar. curly hair. Yeah. And, oh yeah, the guitar solo. Prince's guitar solo is uh-huh. played by you know air, air played Thang. by Miss Thang. Uh-huh. That's right. Yep, and you know, very uh, literal with the lyrics. We see a woman in a shower. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and there's this giant TC. Yeah, from the, the maxi set. single. Yes, yep. and I was like, boy, that was a like late '80s, early '90s thing. Big props and like that. Yeah. So I, I asked my Facebook friends, I've mind, to help me think of other videos that had giant letters like what TC had in this video. Okay. And. Uh, my friend Matt reminded me that Bobby Brown's Every Little Step That's right. has the song title giant words in giant letters that they're uh-huh. all dancing around. Okay. And um, I 
thought it was just a giant behind, but it is not just a giant behind and baby got back. There's also giant letters. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. In and then I, that video. I saw that you posted that and thought, uh, I was thinking CNC Music Factory going to make you sweat. Uh-huh. And there aren't life-size um, you know, like custom built letters, but uh-huh. there are, there's all kinds of black type going on that they kind of interact with and right. that kind of stuff. But it is, like you said, it was definitely a, it is a thing of a that thing. era. Yeah. And yes. I mean, this is why I'm sure this was shot at Paisley park it was mm-hmm. built at Paisley park. Right. Um, you know, that's Prince is the kind of guy that says, I want 15 feet tall, uh-huh. TC letters and it gets made. Right. And it's painted and ready for him the next day. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. TC is ready to pray for his forgiveness of his sins. Right. And Miss Thing ties him up with a string of bras all That's put right. together, which I thought was really funny. Entanglement. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, his dude dancers carry him away while he's still praying and yet tied to his seat right. by the there's a lot of Bras. stuff in that part that reminded me of like the stuff that the Game Boys did with Prince uh-huh. uh, during the uh, Diamonds and Pearls tour, and when he was on Arsenio, you know, picking him up, and you know, uh, you know, yeah. of course with Prince, it's like you're picking up nothing, yes. especially if you're three big dudes. Right. But yeah. I'm watching this, and I'm like, it really looked like everybody had fun. They're <laughs> <laughs> like. <laughs> I just won, but did both teams have fun? (laughs) I just hope everybody had a good time. (laughs) Okay. Give them all a trophy. It is by far not the worst video shot at Paisley Park at all. I watched it and I was like, okay, I I respect this for the type of song that it is. And again, it could have gone in ways and directions that would have aged even worse and it did not. Right. It was just, um, it was just reasonably fun. fun. It was reasonably fun. Yeah. And like probably a reasonable budget. You know, yeah. they spent the most of the money on the big letters for TC and his little clergy custom TC uh-huh. letter outfits that That's you know, right. Junior Vasquez designed. Yeah. Whatever oh, kind yeah. of seamless drop they yeah. used, which was enormous. Yeah. But they probably could reuse that. Yeah. Unless somebody had their dirty shoes on it. That's true. Yeah. It's enjoyable, and mm-hmm. you can find it on YouTube, or I'm sure you That's will right. post it. That's right, for sure. All right, so now is the time that we make choices. We choose three things. We choose a time capsule, something that exemplifies the time at which the material was recorded or when it was released. We choose a C, the low point, and we choose a mountain, the high point. Right. So these are my dumb rules. So I go first. The time capsule. Hey, that's TC. Time capsule. Oh, TC. look at that. I never even, that never crossed my hey. mind. But oh, wow. <laughs> and it's totally Christy. <laughs> TC. Oh, that's less cool. I chose Girl of My Dreams because okay. of the 80s rockabilly, funkabilly sound. And because that was so 1982 Prince when that song was originally written. Uh, yeah. That was my time capsule. All right. My perspective on Girl in My Dreams is totally different because I heard the right. uh, Prince and the Revolution version of it long before this album came out, and that's the quintessential one to me. There's, I mean, everything else is just a swing and a miss. Sure. But the time capsule for me, I'm going to hand this to Junior Vasquez again, oh. whose Prince involvement during this period is simply unmistakable. 
Next. So the C, uh, for me, the big thing mix really didn't do it for me so much. There was a lot of good things, but that alarm sound, and there was the squeaky whistle, and it went a little too far, and I probably won't visit it. The alarm sound? Are you talking about the UFO? Yes, because it was repeated so much, and if you're listening to it in the car, you feel like you need to pull over. Okay. True. I look, if aliens are chasing you, you keep driving. Okay? <laughs> For me, the C, there was nothing lower. I mean, I think probably the low part of the whole CD, I'll spoil it for you. Um, or maybe I'll give you hope if you want to go listen to it now. You've heard the worst part, which is Girl of My Dreams. The, just the playfulness and fun of Prince's version is lost, and the song is completely butchered to me. It's a mishandling of an unreleased classic. It does it no justice. I mean... Music is offended by what is missing, and maybe that is just me because of the order with which I approached all this stuff, but I'm sorry, it just completely sucked. And I say that with respect to the person that T.C. Ellis is and the work he does in the community. If it took this recording to help him change the lives of children for years and years and ongoing, then it was well worth it, but that's my C. See, because that's my mountain, because I thought it was so fun. So that just makes me, doesn't make me sad that you didn't like it. It makes me excited to hear the Prince and the Revolution version, because I enjoyed Girl in My Dreams so much. We are so different. It's like you're sitting on the complete opposite side of the table from me right now. Well, and it just felt very Prince to me with the... The referring to the women and the old Hollywood yeah. and the, you know, it just, I thought it was really fun and the rockabilly, funkabilly was really enjoyable. So I'm, I look forward rather than being offended that my mountain is your sea. I look forward to hearing why my mountain is your uh, sea. I'm not here to put down your mountain. Um, but what is your Not mountain? at all. But my mountain is the Swang Thang Mix. I'm putting this in my 100% Prince playlist, and I'm going to have Siri play it for me. It's back into the rotation. It's catchy. It's fun. It suits TC's delivery style. It's got the fun jabs at Jimmy Jam, the great surprise with the get-off sample from Mutiny. I mean, it was just fun, and that's what was missing to me from Girl of My Dreams is the personality was removed the personality that I know is there was removed from it. So, um, and that's probably more of a me thing, but that's why they're called my selections. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. Hey, Josh, what are we going to talk about next time? Next time, my friends, I hope that you'll stick around. You remember the episode of Friends when they're in Las Vegas? We just saw this one watching it for the 48th time all the way through. And the six of them gather for breakfast and Joey realizes it's a buffet. And he's Uh like, oh, here's where I make all my money back. Uh That's how I feel about the next couple of episodes of this podcast where we will examine at painstaking length some of the outtakes from this era. Uh, and eras that led up to this era that will include in the next episode. And I preface this by saying... Our staff is still working on putting the full <laughs> list together. However, Stop. it will include Girl of My Dreams, Can't Stop, and We Can Funk, the triptych of unreleased magic by Prince and the Revolution, which we're including here since all three songs were reworked and released during the Graffiti Bridge era. 
Um, also on tap is Prince's version of Data Bank. And sorry again, Morris Day, you get schooled. So that and more on the next episode, followed by probably at least two more focused on Graffiti Bridge vault material stuck there um, until we get Graffiti Bridge Super Deluxe Edition stuck in the vault, that is, which... Yeah. As Prince would like to say, release date never. Excellent. That's what's coming up for Excellent. the next two to three to four episodes. We'll see. <laughs> Depends on, you know, How we we'll feel. have a staff meeting and decide what to do. <laughs> staff meeting. Yep. Talk to the producers. Uh, let me put on my producer hat. Oh, there you are. <laughs> hey, uh, when we're well, done you, recording, we, we stick around. Yeah. yeah. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much for listening. We know you make a choice when you listen to us. We don't just come on the radio and we really appreciate it. If you have a purple friend that you have not yet told about our show, I don't know who has listened to the show about TC Ellis all the way up past an hour. who hasn't yet told their Prince friends or thinks of us as their Prince friends. So, uh, but you know, if you know somebody who might enjoy the show, please do tell them because that's how we grow. So until next time, happy purple listening. Hey, thanks for sticking with us. And I will tag this episode by saying once again, do a little reading about David TC Ellis and you will appreciate him much more. And well, it's well worth giving his work with Prince. Another listen. Amen. The Paisley underground. Bless you. Sorry, bless you. It's fine. Well, thank you so much for listening. We know you make it. Oh, nope. Sorry. That's too soon for that. Hey, Josh, what are we going to talk about next time? Next time. 